This is a Four Sevens Network podcast. Foursevens.com. The Sniffer. Kathy, you should like this story. Really? Because it starts with my saying that you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I frequently am. <laughs> All right. Rain it in, girl. Now, I remember you were talking to me some time ago about how the real market and value was going to be in things that were totally unique. The guy at the dog park? Oh, he wasn't a friend of yours. He was a guy at the dog park. Well, he's talking about friends. Yes, the guy at the dog park. Now, what was his point? Um, his point was this guy's a chartered accountant. And he, as a side business, what he's doing is is that he feels, after watching Walmart and all these companies that sell all sorts of just kind of not great stuff, people just into that sort of stuff, acquisition, but breakable stuff, that people will want things that are antique, that are actually worth something and have some sort of sense of history to them. So what he's doing is he's spending a crap load of his own money on buying up the antiques, like, like a warehouse full of them. Well, okay, now to my point, I guess dog park man is right and the reason that His made me think stanley. of this stanley the dog park man cool hunting had displayed a bunch of really quite lovely accessories mostly rings by barking irons which is a kind of funny name for a jewelry designer made out of 19th century souvenir spoons they're not like spoon rings those sort of old spoon rings they're like banged up and malformed and stuff like that and I thought well that is really first of all connecting to that sense of history Mm -hmm. connecting to something that is really unique and also you know in this age where everything is so plastic and smooth surfaces shiny shiny new new happy happy connecting to this concept that I read about in Alain de Botton's book Mm -hmm. uh, Architecture of Happiness called Wabai which is this Japanese concept of finding beauty in what is imperfect, what is decaying, what is uh, falling into disuse. Wouldn't it be interesting if we started to see these parallel things? On the one hand, you start to see all this stuff going like virtual, smooth, Mm -hmm. ultra slick virtual. And then on the other hand, the valorization of things that are real and flawed and historical and so on. I I think that Stanley's right. I think that these people are sort of addressing the same thing, that there's going to come a time when you know what, I only want something, I want something that's real and something that has a limited amount of, Mm -hmm. Yeah. you know, rather than like there's 800,000 of those chairs out there. Well, no, but I look at, I have this one chair and it's a hundred years old. Yeah. And it's made out of real wood. I find that when people find out that my house is not that old, but old by Canadian standards. It's old. It's 130 some odd years old. It's neat. So anyway, I have something new that's also coming just as a quick snappy something I saw in the New York Times about a week and a half ago now and it was about the Parisian art uh, the Parisian car show and there's a Parisian car show yeah (laughs) yeah yeah when they and they were actually one of the the things that they were discussing quite a bit was is how I think essentially terrified the um, a lot of the car makers are especially in Europe by the emerging Chinese car market and they had, and I went to two of the sites. One is Great Wall Motors, and the other one is um, Landwind. And the thing that I found interesting was... So this is actually like people, manu- Chinese manufacturers of cars, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and they're getting ready. You know, you think that, okay, it's just, it's all about Walmart. No, because like, they want to sell us these cars. 
I, th I found it interesting, though, that there was two companies that seemed to be devoted solely to SUVs and CRVs, which are crossover vehicles. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, everybody's talking about oil, especially in North America, and you think they'd have to be even, they're even smarter about that sort of thing in, um, in Europe. I thought, mm, I don't know about SUVs, but they seem to think they're going to make the money at it. But the other thing that I thought was interesting is that there's this company called Cherry, C-H-E-R-Y, and they're developing subcompacts. And apparently they want to get to bed with, I think it's Chrysler, it's one of the big three over here, to introduce their subcompacts to the North American market. And so I'm thinking if they follow the Japanese model of making really fantastically well-made cars at a good price that lasts a long time, that's smart. But you think, how clever is it to get in bed? It, makes, it probably makes a certain amount of sense to get in bed with, let's say, Chrysler, retool the existing plants, mm -hmm. then churn out these vehicles. But you're also looking at, and I'm, and I'm sorry anybody out there who works for one of the big three automakers in North America, but you know, the, one of the big problems that they have with those cars is that there's a performance. So wouldn't it be smarter for Cherry and the other Chinese companies to actually put the infrastructure in here like Toyota did and like Honda did? Yes, or South Korea even, yeah, with Hyundai. I too was surprised at the web link that you sent me to that had all these very large cars, which seemed to me to be counterintuitive because presumably what they're selling is their ability to make these things at a lower price point than you would make them in North America given that SUVs are so much in the kind of luxury market, it seems uh, counterintuitive that they would be doing that. It also seemed that they were too were going after New Zealand and Aussie market in a big way, which would make a certain amount of sense for a four-wheel drive yeah. vehicle, especially with you know, outbacking and stuff. But I do think chairman of Cherry, bring the business to North America. Like, don't just bring the cars and have our existing auto plants do them. Open up new ones. I wonder why they're doing that. Maybe that's to establish their bona fides in... Well, there sort of seems to be two sort of ways of doing business with cars. One is, you know, you have the Chrysler-Daimler yes. um, uh, partnership. Then the other one is, is that they just come right in. But to me, the success story is Toyota and Honda. Because they've completely changed the way that cars are made. Mm -hmm. That's it from the auto show. As you know, With I know Bootsy nothing Bond. about cars. <laughs> Bootsy <Bond>. Just call <laughs> me Bootsy. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Oh my God, it's a peewee moment. See you. <laughs>